Welcome to the Texas Green Report, an exciting new project of GreenSource DFW and the Memnocene Institute. Here's your host, Andrea Rideout. So our topic today is organic gardening here in North Texas and some of the challenges that we face. I've got a wonderful expert here with me, Jeff Raska, who's a horticulturalist with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. Jeff, welcome and uh, talk to us a little bit about your country place out there where I know you've got a couple acres and you grow some fabulous vegetables and fruit trees and it's all organic. Well, my garden's at home. My wife Sandy and I, we, we garden on about an acre and a half, and uh, we have a lot of ornamental gardens, and we also have uh, an orchard, which I grow some apples and some, some peaches and some apricots, and we have raised bed gardens, which are kitchen gardens, and uh, we practice organics on the whole lot, because I have 22 chickens, so my birds get to roam the garden, so it's very important for me to keep it clean and keep it organic. So they don't get into pesticides and they don't get into synthetic uh, insecticide or fertilizers and things like that. To me, basically, what I teach at A&M as part of my organic program is it's, it's an accumulation of some different practices that, that are earth-friendly and earth-kind. Choose the right plant for the right spot. I don't want a big plant overshading my smaller plants. You need to put them, give them enough room to grow. Uh, proper watering. You need to come in and understand well, how am I going to water this and how am I going to save water because right now a big thing is saving water. Part of the bed prep is to get a lot of organics in the bed which will help hold moisture in there and then after you've planted everything and put everything in there mulch your beds you know put three three to six inches of mulch a good hardwood mulch on top and that'll also help hold moisture. Really the basics of organics are, are picking the right spot to plant coming in with the right plant preparing beds properly that's part of being organic that's actually what would be if I walked out into any woodland setting any natural woodland setting I would find mulch and I would find compost and I would find plants that don't over over uh, ride each other or actually overgrow each other you'd have everything in order and that's what we kind of want to do or that's what I think about organics is just mimicking nature taking taking what nature gives us taking nature's principles and and actually applying them to a very very artificial environment because we put a lot of plants in the garden that would never be there naturally Naturally. What are some of your favorite plants? If you've got a new budding gardener out there who wants to try organics, what would you say would be two or three different plants that you would recommend for them to get started in their new garden? Well, let me talk about a few plant families, and then you can choose some plants to kind of fit within within where your area or how big your garden is going to be. Uh, for shrubs, I like abelias, the abelia family. It's uh, drought tolerant in, in, in the summertime, beautiful flowers. It's a good pollinator. You've got, several, you've got small ones. You've got large ones. It's, it's a very, very diverse family. That would be a good shrub. If I'm talking about maybe a bigger, medium-type uh, uh, plant or specimen plant, Vitex uh, are great. I love Vitex. I love the chase tree. Chase trees bring in a lot of butterflies, a lot of bumblebees, a lot of native bees. It's a great pollinator. I love coral berries and beauty berries, which are native to Texas. They are, not only are they beautiful bushes and, and have a, they have a small flower, in the, in the wintertime they will have berries for birds. I want you to think about putting plants in the garden not just for you but for the for your environment for the insects in your environment for the birds in your environment so jeff if we choose some ornamentals that can attract the pollinators what are some good vegetables to also have in that same area well, if I'm bringing in some ornamentals like some salvia, some of the salvia families and some of the lantanas and different types of, of, of families of, of pollinating plants you can basically bring in your tomatoes and, and plant them around within your tomatoes. At the research center, we've got what we call edible landscapes, which I've got blackberries and I've got 
strawberries and I've got raspberries in there and I've got some some uh, pomegranates around those I put in salvias and lantanas and different types of plants that will bring in pollinators that will help pollinate my vegetables and pollinate a lot of vegetables are pretty much self-pollinating for the most point basically if you wanted to pollinate your tomatoes a little hairy just shake the tomato bush you shake a tomato bush the pollen falls on the bottom flowers and that's how you pollinate but a lot of a lot of vegetables still do rely on some pollination from uh, outside sources so there's different things you can different plants you can use as companion plants we call it companion planting and there's great guides on companion planting that you can you can add to your vegetable gardens well jeff raska thank you so very much for being with us i'm andrea rideout and thanks for listening thanks for joining us for the texas green report for more information go to greensourcedfw.org